The Health, Wealth and Anything Else podcast, where we help you invest in your financial, physical and mental health so you can live an unlimited life. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 8 of the podcast. And this is not an April Fool's, you might be wondering why it sounds different, but today, the other Ryan, only the other Ryan because if I referred to myself as the other Ryan it would be a bit weird, not because he's secondary. But the other Ryan's not available this week, so as the great philosopher Jason Derulo once said, I'm riding solo, riding solo, riding solo. So you don't need to worry, it's still going to be full of brilliant information and stuff like that, hopefully. You don't have to worry, I've got lots of practice talking to myself. I work alone most of the time, so I do it most days, so we should be fine. We're going to just uh, take the opportunity to have a, a pretty deep dive, a decent kind of look at a few areas of, of crypto for people while I've got a bit more time to put into it. So we're going to kind of look at the quick market recap where we're at now. We're going to look at a few things like psychology, their portfolio management and strategy and we're still going to have a, a little bit of health in there, despite the fact I'm not the health expert. I'm going to throw in a little MED at the end for something you can do as well. So first off, we're going to start with the market recap. So last Sunday, Bitcoin finally pushed up through the 46k level that's been kind of testing for a bit before. So it was probably actually from uh, everyone probably listened to the podcast last Sunday about inflation, realised they needed to buy Bitcoin and bought it. That's probably what pushed it out. It was probably down to this podcast, which is nice, of course. We hit a high of just over 48k on Monday, and we hadn't actually been above 45 since the first week of, of January that we got above 45k with Bitcoin. So it's been quite a while we've been below that, and it's good to finally break through. We consolidate for a couple of days, then come down to retest sort of 45, 46k level on Thursday and Friday. And Friday actually went to a low of dipped down to 44.222 on Friday morning, which might just have been Bitcoin playing in April Fools on everyone. But we bounced nicely back up, consolidating above 46k at the moment, which it's good whenever you break through resistance normally i mean not every time sometimes you'll have periods where stuff's just straight up most of the time you'll come back especially if it's resistance that's been there a while you'll just come back and retest it after a while and as long as you get a decent reaction and bounces back up then that's all good so overall it's pretty positive hopefully going to continue the uptrend that we're currently in um, in the last few weeks, actually, Ethereum has been outperforming Bitcoin. It, it's been looking very, very strong. So whenever it's been going up, they, they go up together. As you say, everything follows Bitcoin. But Ethereum has been gaining more each time and, and losing less on the drops. 
it's been looking really strong. So over the last 60 days, Bitcoin's up just under 24%, which is, which is good if we're in that uptrend. But Ethereum is up 33% in the last 60 days. So you see that kind of difference that Ethereum's up more, which some people say could point towards alts performing well as well. Sometimes that will... Ethereum outperforming Bitcoin will sometimes lead to it then passing on to the alts, um, which would be nice, would be good for us if they could have a nice bounce. And altcoins have been, they've been doing pretty well recently as well, even while Bitcoin's been going sideways and sort of consolidating. They've been having some good run-ups, just some of them individually and sometimes a group of them you know, together making some good gains. So it's been quite good. Hopefully it's going to carry on and hopefully Bitcoin's going to probably consolidate again at this level for a little while, maybe kind of creep up a bit to 4748 and then hopefully it's going to start to test that 50k line and see whether we can get above that, which would be a new yearly high if we can get up there. We Since the beginning of year we've not been, we've not been to 50k. Now... One of the things I always talk about, I always mention, is profit taking. So I definitely think at this point you need to think about it. And if you don't have a plan, you need to come up with a plan for some profit taking. I think we've still got some room to go up and to continue with the, the good momentum we've got now. But... I've said it a lot of times so far and I, I don't believe we're going back into a full bull market and we're going to have a bull run with new all-time highs for Bitcoin and everything else. So some coins probably will get new all-time highs. Luna already has in this in this current sort of last few weeks we're in. One or two might, but I don't think most will get new all-time highs. I think what we're getting is a good relief bounce. We've been almost constantly down since November. So you want to try and capitalize on this to get as much profit as you can because in my eyes at the moment, from what we can see and the information we're taking in, there's probably going to be an even bigger dump on the other side of this run-up where we're probably going to go lower than we have done so far in the kind of downward cycle since November. So you want to capitalize on your profits now so that you have that profit ready to buy in when we go down to those prices. And also you're not watching your coins go down in value while you're in them. If you watch them go down in value when you're not in them, that's actually, you quite enjoy that because you know you're going to be able to buy in at a good price. But obviously if you're still in it, it's not so fun. So Definitely think about your profits, get a plan together. Don't take them all in one go either. Do it in stages because you're never going to buy exact tops and exact bottoms. So you want to do it in stages and then you're going to you're gonna average at pretty much near a top and pretty much near a bottom. So you need to come up with a plan yourself of what works for you. You, know, you could maybe take 25% when you think you're getting at the top. If it keeps going up a bit more, you could take another 25. 
if it starts coming down you can take another and, and so on just to try and make sure you get it in case you're wrong and actually there's still quite a bit more to go up after you take your profits if you've taken them all you you're out you're gonna f probably fomo back in and then lose money because it's probably going to drop back down if you're just taking stages, even if you take 25 and we still go up a bit more, you can take another 25 near the top. So it's important just to have a, a plan ready for it. Don't wait until we're heading back down before you panic and try and take your profits out then. As always say, it's better to lock in some profits, even if you miss out another, you know, if you're five times up and you take your profit and then it goes another two or three times, doesn't matter you you've still taken five times profits you've five times your money that's good profits it doesn't matter that it's better to do that than you hold out for a ten times it it does five it does another two three and then it just drops all the way down and you lose money because you're waiting on that ten times to take your profit so definitely take them on the way nobody's ever got poor from taking profits so you just need to understand the cycles take your profits and keep them ready to invest, which is what we're gonna talk about in strategies. We're gonna cover some of that in the ways that you can do it, the different strategies you can have to approaching your investing and just give you a bit more info on that. Now, the first subject we're gonna cover is psychology. So the psychology of investors and humans in general. So the first thing is that humans don't naturally make good traders or investors because we are emotional and when you make emotional decisions they're going to be illogical decisions you don't make good decisions when you're emotional you need to cut emotions out to do that so if we remember the market cycle that we did a little while back when you go through the stages they're all emotional feelings. There's despair, there's euphoria, there's hope, there's depression. They're all emotions and that's what they're trying to make you feel because that's what's going to make you make poor decisions, invest at the wrong time, sell at the right time and allow them to make more money. So we need to steer clear of emotions and stay as clear-minded as we can do. Then another quick note on the market cycle is that it does, it takes place on all time frames as well. So within the larger market cycle that we talked about, there are also smaller mini market cycles happening as well, which I think we're in one now, really. Essentially, we've been on the downwards for so long, we're now picking up starting to go up and probably as people start to get carried away and think we're back in a bull market we're probably going to top out and come back down and it's going to be exactly the the same cycle but in a, a smaller format so if you if you're kind of more long-term investing you can just look at the full cycle if you're looking to be a bit more active in your invest in your strategies you can take into account and work off the the smaller cycles as well which again we're going to cover that in in strategies as i said before we're hoping to keep a bit of upward 
momentum for the current time. If we could get, I said, hopefully soon we're going to test 50. Hopefully we can get through that with Bitcoin. If we could reach the mid 50s, that would that would be really good. I don't think really any higher than that from what we see now. Stuff could change. It's always good to change with the market, not to, you know, you can't have a set view for one year and that's going to stay the same. The market changes all the time. You've got to update with it. So right now I don't see us going much higher than that, but it'd be great if we could get to there before we go back down. And as I said, I think when we do go down, I think we go, I think the, the current yearly low so far was just between 32 and 33 um, and I think that we probably go lower than that and then a bit of an extended bear market which is just basically sideways nothing nothing happened stay down there for a while till everyone's given up hope and then of course it comes back up as the as the cycle always does so back to the psychology one thing we're going to look at is the five cognitive dimensions of mental models so this is kind of the the five different stages that people mentally cognitively are at or think they're at when they're approaching something so number one is instinct number two is faith number three is preferences four is logic and five is evidence so you want to be at four and five, you want to be at the top using logic and evidence to back your decisions. I mean, instinct is just guessing. You don't, faith, again, you don't want that. And preferences is just basically kind of going with decisions that you want to do regardless of whether they're good or not because you're just having that cognitive bias towards what you want to do. So when it comes to investing, Probably most things too. People kind of think they're at four or five. They think they're making well-informed decisions with logic and evidence, but really they're probably at between two and three. With a lot of it, it's probably built on hope and maybe preferences. For example, do you know why your coin is going to go up? You're investing in, or are you hoping it goes up? Now, if, if you have definite reasons that it's going to go up or that it 99% should go up, that's good. But if you're just hoping, maybe someone said it might go up, it looked good to you and you're hoping, it's not really that solid a base to have your investment decisions based on. That's your hard-earned money and you want to be looking after it. So... We need to be finding logical reasons and evidence for why your investment will do well. For example, with Bitcoin, we can look at the historical performance of Bitcoin. We can look at the the trends of it, the sentiment of it. We can look at the fact that there's a certain number going to be ever minted. Adoption's growing, interest is growing, and you've got... A decent amount there of logical and evidence fact-based reasons for why Bitcoin will continue to go up for the next few years whereas if the coin you've bought was just mentioned by someone on Twitter 
and it sounded good, you're coming from hope there. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to overestimate our ability and intelligence, which is a mistake a lot of people make. Everyone thinks they're better than what they are. So we don't want to do that. Underestimate, if anything, when it comes to investing. Always second guess yourself. So we're just going to run through some cognitive biases because these are things also that affect people and can lead them to bad decisions. So the first one is called anchoring. This is where you you become attached to irrelevant information and you kind of anchor from that point and all your decisions are from that point. So, for example, this could be price targets in crypto. Um, that's something that's common. If you go on Twitter, there'll always be people saying, you know, this coin to a dollar within the year, you know, to five dollars to whatever people have these price targets is a dangerous thing to have it doesn't sound it but it is because if you're holding out for a certain price target let's just say it's a dollar and you're thinking that i'm going to get to a dollar and then take a profit the coin's definitely going to a dollar if if that coin goes to to 95 cents and that's about 10 times up from where you started but you're holding out for a dollar, you know, that could, 95 cents could be the top and it then dumps down and you're going to miss out on all that profit. You don't want to have set price targets. What you want to do is you have your strategy, your investing plan and you take profit plan and you take your profits as they come. All you want to look at, you want to look at your portfolio as a whole. You're looking to grow your portfolio take your profits when they're there. Don't get attached to certain price targets on certain coins and oh, when it hits this, I'll take some profit. Don't do that. Have a plan and stick to it. Make sure you take those profits because they can disappear even quicker than they come. So the second cognitive bias is self-enhancement. So this is taking all the credit for any successes and no responsibility for losses. So we talked already about don't overestimate your ability and intelligence. And this bias is where it normally comes from. So, for example, I could go on Twitter. Few people are talking about a coin, saying about how it's going to be big. It's going to be this and that. I could go buy it over the next couple of weeks, does it five times, ten times. And I think I'm a genius for buying it. Whereas actually, I bought it because other people were talking about it. And told me to so you need to just when there's other people have had their input or you've based your decisions on other people's advice you need to make sure that the credit goes to them not to you because pride comes before a fall uh, and in crypto that's losing all your money so you don't want to have that also if you make a bad decision a loss maybe you invest in a coin that goes down goes to zero, rugs, you're just going to blame other people. You're going to you know, blame someone else for promoting it. You're going to blame the developers for either rugging or for it going down, and you won't blame yourself. Whereas there could well have been big red flags on it if you'd properly researched it. So when things go wrong, always look at yourself and think 
what could I have done differently? And when things go well, don't get overconfident and think you did it all if you didn't. And just look again at the good things you can take from it to apply to the future decisions. Always be looking at what you're doing. Is it working? Can you do it better? Are you following the market trends? Or are you just making random decisions? So next is confirmation bias. Now this is where people naturally select information that confirms their beliefs or wants. So that's kind of what we talked about before in number three of the cognitive dimensions, which is preferences. So one example of this is TA, which is technical analysis. Now, it can be useful in certain situations, but overall, really, you can find anything you want and show anything you want that suits your narrative by drawing the right lines. So if you know what you're doing and you're doing it right with no, no belief, you're just following what's actually on the chart, then fine, it, it's good, you can get some good information from it. But if you're someone who's permanently bullish, then you could find in any chart something that's gonna tell you it's going up, even if it's not. You can make it look like it is, and the same for the other way around. So there's a, a good saying in crypto, which is that TA is astrology for men, <laughs> which is, you know, like I say, there is some use for it. I'm not saying there's no use to TA, but it is kind of true in that you can just see what you want to see in it. So you don't want to have set views on what you want or believe to happen. Obviously, everyone wants their investments to go up, but don't have really set views. You need to just look at what the market's telling you and go with that. You need to be fluid. The market changes all the time and you need to change with it. In most kind of walks of life and areas, you want to be, you'll probably want to, you want to be prepared beforehand, maybe have a plan that you're going to stick to and things like that. Obviously in crypto, you want to have a strategy that you're going to stick to, but in terms of where you think it's going, what you're going to do next, you just probably need to be more reactionary with crypto. Most other things you probably don't want to be reactionary, but with crypto you do because no one knows where the market's going. You can make a best guess, you can kind of make a plan based around that, but if it then starts showing something else, you need to react to it. For example, I'm looking at trying to take some profits from stuff soon because I don't think we're going super high in this run up. But if in the next couple of weeks, the indicators and the sentiment are kind of showing that we will go higher, then, I'm, then I'll rethink my plan and I'll say, okay, actually, you know, I, I, I think we're gonna test the highs of Bitcoin. And it, it's fine to be reactionary. Sometimes people kind of, we talked about this a bit on the podcast before, just in general, that people sometimes get kind of stuck in their ways and they feel that if they change their beliefs or they change their views, that it's kind of a negative thing that, oh, he's you know, changed that to that. But it's not, it's just, a, it's just a learning process, whatever it is, but it doesn't have to be just in crypto. It could be anything. If you change your views, as you learn more information and you become aware of stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing to do. Keeps you on top of it. If you're stuck in a view you had five, ten years ago, chances are it's probably pretty outdated and not really the, the correct view anymore. You should be learning all the time. 
And crypto is exactly the same as that. The market will never do, well, not never, sometimes it might, but it doesn't do what you think it should or what you want it to. The market does what the market does. It doesn't care about your view or anyone else's view. So you can't try and enforce your view on the market. You have to just go with what the market does. So the last cognitive bias we're going to look at is loss aversion. This is where you place more emphasis on losses than wins. So for example, let's say you have a coin that goes 100%. So you, you doubled it, it and then you lose 50% of them gains. So it has a 25% drawdown. And that 25% drawdown is going to feel worse to you than the 100% gain. Even though put in perspective, you're still 50% up on your original. But people will place more on those losses, which then becomes more emotional on them and you're then going to make poor decisions from that. So you want to try and take emotion out of wins and losses and you put your losses into perspective. Stuff doesn't stay up forever in any markets in crypto. Stuff will go up, stuff will come down. You want to time your buying at the bottom, selling at the top, but don't get don't get too carried away with a loss of it coming down because it will happen to everyone. People like to say, people never sell, well, I say never, maybe sometimes, but you hardly ever sell at the absolute top. So you might have a bit of a drawdown, but you need to look at how much you're up to put it in perspective. And another thing that's good to, to have is if you are getting emotional, you're getting in those states, and you're, you're getting too involved with your losses, then you need to take a break, do a thing which is called HALT, H-A-L-T, and that's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So if, you, if you're any of those things, you get emotional, you just need to take a break from investing and charts and whatever, do those things. If you're hungry, eat, you're angry, you need to go and cool off, do something you enjoy for a bit. Lonely, go and hang out with someone, talk with someone, take your mind off it and if you're tired get some sleep people can't work off no sleep we always bang on about this a lot obviously ryan talks about it because it's very important for health you need to get your sleep in your body can't work well when it's tired you your whole body your brain everything refreshes itself when you're sleeping so get your sleep in and and come back to it This episode is brought to you by Unlimited Education, transformational coaching that helps you to live an unlimited life. So for me, an unlimited life means being happy, horny, healthy. However, many lifestyle factors such as nutrition, exercise, psychological stress, environmental and occupational exposures can have substantial effects on our overall health and well-being. This not only keeps us stressed and tired, but accelerates our rate of aging and limits our life in the process. Unlimited Education offers a cost-effective, priority-driven blueprint that will guarantee success. In order to try this app out for free, just click the link in the description below, ingrain healthy habits, and create consistency in routines. Try it out. Okay, right, we're going to move on now to a little bit of portfolio management. Now, there's different ways you can do it, but I'm going to talk about the method that I like to use and also what I would definitely recommend for people starting out. 
out. It's called the, the barbell method. So it's Ray Dalio came up with this. It was called the All Weather Portfolio in 1996. So at the time, it was a, a revolutionary method, which he came up with and has made him since then the the top investor trust fund manager around he's got the best record so what he did was he doesn't weigh his investments by dollar or by monetary value he weighs them by risk so you want to have your portfolio balanced out at all times but by risk instead of money so instead of putting a thousand into this investment and a thousand into that investment if one's safe one's risky you put say 1500 into the safe one and 500 into the risky one and it balances out your your risk from it so it's keeping that risk parity because with investing it's risk before reward so risk is the most important thing you want to take into account so safe side for us we're looking at bitcoin and ethereum and then if market's down or if it's when you've sold then obviously you're going to be in stable coins which are obviously safe but bitcoin and ethereum they're the two biggest they're the safest so they're the first ones you're going to have for your safe side now you can also do a barbell within a barbell so the normal split for the barbell is 90 10 or you could go for 80 20 so that's 90 safe side 10 percent risky side but you could then do a barbell within a barbell. So within your 90% for safe, you could have 90% Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then you could have another 10% of solid long-term, you know, things that are reasonably safe, like, I don't know, maybe BNB, CRV, something like that. I mean, it, it will change It will change all the time. Some coins might get to that point over time and some that have been solid might start to kind of lose that. So way up at the time, but you can do that. Your risky side is essentially anything else other than that. Because even the even the good, decent ones have risk attached to them. And again, you could have a barbell within a barbell on that as well and split it into kind of high risk and low risk. So low risk, you may be looking at good L1, L2s, blue chip coins. So maybe like Phantom. Luna, I'd say probably CRO, Matic, ones like that, they're probably going to be low risk. And again, you need to always be checking that, that stuff like that is going to change over time. High risk would be anything below that, which is your low market cap, meme coins, definitely. And this, you want this to be your smallest percentage. So if you're putting high risk in, I'd say no more than 1% to 2% of your total portfolio. Because, yeah, you, you can get great rewards with them. But it is essentially gambling. It's only, of the tones there are like that, it's only a, a small percentage which are going to make you that big money. A lot of them are going to fail. So, if you're putting a low percentage of your portfolio in, if it does go crazy and get brilliant returns, it's still going to make you good profit if it's going that crazy. And if it fails, 
you haven't lost much. It's only a small amount, so that's why we do that. Now, an important thing, like I've just said, is not to get kind of distracted by the potential of the kind of high-risk meme coins because they talk about them, you know, the, the thousand times and everything else. But as I said, it's that's a small percentage of them do that. The majority of them are going to lose your money. So you need to careful with your choices and don't invest too much into those kind of coins because you can make a lot, but you could lose an awful lot more. And also that's not just from the simple price action of it, but also market cycle plays a part and sort of a lack of patience and understanding. So you could invest in a coin that's going to do a thousand times, but say you invest on the way down of a, a bull run and in the next bull run it's going to go a thousand times, but you could you know, get fed up waiting and sell it at a loss before it goes a thousand times if you don't know what you're doing. So it's it's very easy to lose money with them, harder to make it. You've probably, most people probably heard of Shiba, which probably one of the most famous meme coins over the last couple of years for 21, uh, 2020, 2021. It's, it has made multiple millionaires. It went absolutely crazy, Shiba. But you hear a lot about those people, about all the money they made and the amount of times it, met, it went. But you don't hear about the fact that lots of people lost money on Shiba, or maybe just about broke even. Because again, with patience. So a lot of people who brought in very early, they probably sold when Shiba kind of went down and, and sideways for quite a bit before it started going crazy. So people would have sold them. When it did go crazy on those run-ups, People probably bought in on the run-ups near the top. And then when it retraced afterwards, they've probably then panicked and sold again at a loss. And then it's run up again and they've maybe done the same thing again. So it's not as simple as, oh, mean coin's just going to make you a ton of money. And, and that's another reason why we only put a small amount. Because if you put a huge amount of your portfolio into mean coins and they're not doing well, then... You know, you're going to start panicking, worrying, you're probably going to take it out. And then if they do then go upload, you've, you're going to be feeling even worse because you potentially missed out on it. If it's a small percentage, you put in a mean coin, you're confident is going to kind of pop off at some point. You're not so bothered with just leaving it there and, and waiting for it. So these these were mistakes I made. when I When I first started in crypto my portfolio was full of meme coins because especially when you get onto Twitter and stuff like that and you start getting involved socially with it it's it's easy to get kind of romanticized by it and you're looking for those massive gains you're saying oh what you know why would I why would I get Bitcoin Ethereum some of the solid top coins that might only do five times when I could get one that's going to do me a hundred times thousand times but of course the problem is most of them don't do that so when I first started and I was picking all the these meme coins that look good I you know doubled my portfolio in a few weeks a month but obviously I was in during a bull run and a few weeks months of it I doubled it but as soon as the bull run finished it started going down you just watch it all disappear 
So it went down to, I think at worst, I was about 60% down on the initial portfolio. And a number of coins that I got went completely to zero. Like, it's got, you're not going to get any of that investment back. It's done. It's gone. So you've got to be careful. If I'd started out putting the same amount of money into just Ethereum and Bitcoin, uh, I would be way better off. And people don't really understand that first because that's why people think about, why would I get five times when I could get a hundred times? But the reality is that you could get a guaranteed five times or you could get a very small chance of a hundred times. Take the five times that you're guaranteed because the hundred times there's a good chance it won't happen and you'll end up with nothing. So that's what we're talking about, weighing up that risk. Risk before reward. Before you think about how much it can make you, think about how much you could lose and how likely you are to keep it. One of the things they say as well in crypto, maybe in other things, is that you probably make about 90% of your money in about 10% of the time. So most of the time crypto is literally just kind of watching the markets, positioning yourself, ready to make that money when the bull run comes, which won't last that long. So, you you know, you could spend a year through a bear market, get yourself in position, researching your coins, and then the bull run could be like a month and you, you know, you could make ridiculous, crazy profits and then back into another bear market. So, patience is such a good thing to have in crypto. So you need to have impatient people will not make money in crypto. You just have to wait for that bull run and when it comes, it'll be worthwhile. Another thing is it's important to diversify. I think I spoke about this before. It's good to diversify, kind of maximize your exposure to different areas, but you don't want to over diversify, which again is another thing I did at first. You know, when I first started investing, you got a wallet full of 20, 30 meme coins. It's it's not good. It's, it's too much. You can't fully keep up with everything, keep on top of it. You're spreading your funds too thin to really have any real impacts, even if they're doing well. Um, and it shows that actually you're not that confident in the ones you've got because you're feeling like you need to invest into others. You get that FOMO that, I mean, what if that coin does well and I've not invested? I better invest. But you don't need to think like that. You just need to concentrate on finding ones that you trust. So I'd say you don't want more than 8 to 10 coins in your portfolio. And if you're starting from scratch and you're a beginner, less than that. But I would say, as I said before, just I would start with just get some Bitcoin, some Ethereum in there, and then just slowly add, add in some others as you kind of research them, find them, and you become more comfortable and, and more knowledgeable. So that's where I would start with. Here at RD Services Executive Bedrooms, we pride ourselves on giving our clients a premium service and work closely to deliver bespoke luxury bedrooms. Whether it's freestanding bedroom furniture, fitted wardrobes, walk-in wardrobes, or entire dressing room fit-outs, we can give you the bedroom of your dreams. Please don't hesitate to contact us by email, phone, or on our social media to arrange a free quotation. Right, we're going to look at some strategies. So the first one is long-term holding. So this is where essentially you're buying coins that you think are going to last 
you know, it'll be around over the good next few years, going to do well, and you just hold them. You That's basically all you do. And then you're going to, you know, uh, you're not going to wait a few years to check. You, you'll probably check it now and again without it within that time. But you're not expecting to take any profits for a good few years on them. You're happy to hold it. So you need to be careful with your risk management because you're not going to be constantly checking the market and looking at it. So you need to make sure you're making good choices there. You could Otherwise, you could come back and check your portfolio in a couple of months and it's gone to zero. So make sure you've got good risk management there, definitely. Again, Bitcoin, Ethereum, ones like that are good to have in there and then other solid ones. So that is basically that. There's not a huge amount to that one. It's good for if you don't have much time to to invest in, in crypto, you're busy with other stuff and you're just looking for making some good money in the future, that's a good strategy to go with. It's all about making the right choices. You pick some good coins, then yeah, if you're going to walk away and eat for a couple of years, you're going to come back and be very happy. <clears throat> Next up is what we call medium term swing trading technique. Now, this is more time intensive, but will also, if done properly, bring bigger returns. So this is buying and holding coins over a reasonable amount of time still, but you're following market cycles and trends. So you're looking to buy in the bottoms, and then you're going to sell them in the tops. So again, we said about you get mini cycles within a cycle. So it's just doing it across all of them, going with the trends and just buy low, sell high constantly. Um, also, you can long and short through market ups and downs, which is, we can talk more about that on another one. It's basically you're betting almost on coins going up and down. You do on exchanges, so you don't you don't physically buy them or sell them, you don't actually have them in your wallet, but you need some collateral to cover it in case you lose in your account and you can bet on them going up and down. So if you have a good feel of where the market's going, to get additional profit, you can long and short coins as well. So even on the way down, you can be making money by shorting them. But that's kind of a bit more advanced than the basics that we're covering. And it gives you a lot better returns overall than long-term holding even without the long and shorting. So for an example, we'll just compare one example for the hold strategy versus the swing strategy. So on a hold strategy, let's say that you bought one Bitcoin in February 2021, which is about 32,000. Uh, so the current value now is 46,000. So that's up. Let's say in the next bull run, Bitcoin hits 100,000. So now your portfolio is 100,000 and you've done a 3.125 times, so just over a three times. So that's nice, that's good, happy with that. Now, swing trading, if you bought one Bitcoin in February 2021 for 32,000, then when we had the, the bull run in November 2021, let's say you sold it near the top, so $66,000 you sold it for, it went to the high was 69, let's say you sold it 66, then, when it came down to its bottom in January this year, 2022, you bought back in. The Bitcoin's at 33,000, so you've bought two whole Bitcoin there for 33,000 each to spend your 66,000. Your current value now is 92,000, and 
if in the next bull run Bitcoin it's a hundred thousand, your portfolio is two hundred thousand. So your gains are six point two five times. So you've doubled your money essentially from the whole strategy. Obviously it's not as cut and dry as that, depends on where exactly you buy and sell, but you can see that if you're gonna repeat that, especially over a number of cycles, you're gonna be hitting a lot more profit. But it's time intensive. You've you know, if you can't put the time in, the whole strategy's gonna work well as well. You know, three times in your money is not to be sniffed at. Now there's an alternative hybrid strategy as well, which kind of incorporates a mix of them. And this is this is what one of the guys I follow uses, which is a good strategy and good for people who maybe don't have much time but also don't want to just hold. So what he essentially does is waits for the market to bottom out in the bear market completely. So what you're looking at there is most altcoins are going to be 90 to 95% down from their all-time highs, possibly even lower. Bitcoin, Ethereum, probably going to be 50 to 70% down from all-time high. Again, could be slightly higher. And he gets a portfolio of 8 to 10 solid coins that he believes are going to be big in the next bull run. So you want safer ones like Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB. Not really. I don't think he really does any gamble plays. You could throw one in, I suppose, if you wanted to, but not much. But once once the market's kind of bottomed out, then he starts to buy in. Again, he does it in stages. So to make sure that he gets as close to the bottom as he can, don't want to buy in and then it dumps a load more. Then he just basically waits for the bull market to come and the it to run all the way up, set new all-time highs. And then again, he just sells them in stages as close to the top as he can and goes completely to cash or stable coins, probably stable coins, because then you're still in crypto, but it's essentially the same as having cash. And then he's just then going to wait for it to crash back down the next bear market and repeat. So it's it requires patience, but it's it also means that you don't have to put so much time in. You know, for the majority of the time, he's not trading, he's not doing anything. He's just resisting temptation, not FOMOing in, <coughs> and just waiting for the right time and making good profits. It doesn't have to be the same coins each cycle either. You could invest in you know, 10 coins the first cycle and the next cycle you can only have one or two of them and the rest are different. You're just going with what's going to do well. And I mean, he's used that to go from, I think he started with about $10,000 and now he's got millions from, that's from two market cycles. So he's been through two. So he had one, put 10,000 in, had a bull run, sold it and then bought back into the next bear market and, and sold again to, he's now a, a millionaire. So that's a good strategy. It's a long-term strategy. As I say, two cycles could take, you know, that could be seven to eight years, could be less, but you've got to be willing to, to put the time in for that. But the, the rewards you can get are, are unbelievable. Now, the most important part, well, more important than the other part is it's not always what you buy but when you buy it the timing of buying coins like we've talked with the cycles so if you buy a top coin at all-time high you're not going to be getting much profit even with bitcoin if you bought bitcoin at all-time high 
69k at the moment you're 30 percent down nearly five months later and you, you haven't been up at all since that point it's probably not going to hear new ath till you know 2023 so that's a long time to be patient and just hold now if you bought it at the bottom of the cycle you're currently up 20 percent so it's important for timing you can make money from coins that are no good basically if you time it right hype and market trends are more important than utility i'm not saying utility is not important it is utility is good for getting an idea of the fact that coins going to be long term you're investing in stuff you want to make sure that coins going to be around utility is good for that but in terms of just getting massive gains in a short period of time when the market's looking good the hype is more important as I say, things like Doge, things like SHIB, meme coins, they did what they did purely on hype. So hype is super important in the market. You can have coins that are absolute trash and you think are trash and still make money off it. So again, it's the thing with the set views. Even if you think something's absolute rubbish, don't let that put you off buying it if it's going to make you money. You're just there to make money. You don't need to worry about whether the coin is any good in terms of the tech it provides or the utility it provides. If you're looking at the trends and it's saying that that coin's going to make you money and there's hype around it, you know, make money off it and then sell it and take your profit. Crypto is all about following those trends, seeing where's the money going to, when's it going to stop going there. If you can understand and get a reading on that, you can get in before everyone else, you can get out before everyone else, and you're going to maximise the your profits. If you're late to the party, you're likely going to be dumped on. Everyone else is leaving you there. They've got in before you. Even sometimes you'll see ones that look great, everyone's talking about it, people are making so much money on it. Sometimes you have to look at it and think, you know what, it looks great, but I've missed the boat on that, I'm too late. If I go in now, I'm just going to be exit liquidity, I'm going to buy the top, it's going to go down. So you don't get FOMO, you've got to sometimes be realistic about stuff. With that many people talking about it, it's probably too late to really get involved. So one of the things I have to kind of follow the trends and the sentiment in the market is a, a, I use a spreadsheet which has a lot of different market data sentiment indicators so regularly I'll go in I'll check them all see what they're telling us and give them a score and then that will kind of predict how the market's feeling and, and where it's going whether it's looking at people are going long, people are going short, whether the, the market's looking good or bad. But it again, it can change really quickly. You've got to stay on top of it. It's not going to do what you want it to. It's going to do what it wants to. And normally with the market, it takes the route of max pain, which is why sentiment indicators are good. Because if everyone's euphoric, going long, thinking we're going to make tons of money, that's, pretty, that's a good time to sell. Because the market's probably going to dump soon and catch all those people out, make money. If everyone's depressed, they're short in, they've given up, you probably want to buy. Because again, the market's going to pump and catch out those people short in and liquidate them. So it's good to stay on top of sentiment. And it's not always that clear as those examples. That's just the extremes, but you know it gives us an idea of it. And obviously, in regards to the the hold strategy versus the swing trading like we said about if, if you judge the market sentiment well 
then you can also swing trade those smaller market cycles within a big market cycle and you know you can be increasing your returns by five times ten times even 20 times if you do it properly so it's an important thing to stay on top of and to help you get the most out of it that's a, a reasonable amount of information there so hopefully you've uh, taken it all in and I think that's enough of the educational stuff for now we're going to move on to coin of the week so coin of the week this week is Zilka or Zilika I don't know how you say it Zil Z-I-L so Zil is currently over the last seven days 280% up it's been having a pretty crazy run up and people were saying as well that in the last sort of altcoin season which is where altcoins are going up and going crazy and we're getting those gains Zill was one of the first to go then so that kind of went crazy other ones followed and then when people were making money so people looking at it as maybe a sign that we could get kind of a little mini altcoin season now which would be nice to get some profit from them, but we'll, we'll see. Um, Zilliqa, it's a concept, it uses sharding to improve the scalability of cryptocurrency networks and chains. So, kind of technical, but it basically makes them faster, able to process more information and things like that. So, it's decent thing it's got its utility got a lot of investors been around since 2017 I think and it's having a, a very good time at the moment and hopefully that is pointing to other altcoins doing the same so I decided to make it my coin of the week So this episode is brought to you by NFT. We've just launched a new company called NFT, and um, that's N-F-T-E-E, -E, and we are designing premium customizable t-shirts shipped right to your door at the fraction of price of traditional shops. I'm sitting here in my very own NFT, and the quality is superb. You can pick your color, your design, and your size from our library of NFTs, um, and you can effortlessly upload your very own NFT to show off to your friends. Also, if you choose a design from our store and you purchase the t-shirt, you will receive the free NFT of that design. So if you have your own NFT already, you can upload this in a JPEG or a PNG in our submission form below, and we will send you a link to buy within 24 hours. You'll be impressed with the quality and price and probably live in it like we do. Shipping is cheap and fast, so check it out. Have a look. Even if you're new to NFTs, um, there are lots of styles to buy from our store. And remember, every single t-shirt you buy from our store uh, comes with a free NFT. Check out the link below. Now, crypto news of the week. Like, I'm sure that crypto is just, just for the sake of the podcast, is just throwing out more and more news at the moment. Crypto news is getting longer and longer. It started off with like one thing. Now each week we've got tons of it so i'm gonna fly through it there's a lot to to kind of cover here just a, an update i'm almost um turning to ron burgundy here just reading the news so 
first thing is that obviously we talked last week about inflation and inflation in Sudan has been skyrocketing. They've had three digit inflation rates since 2021. So three digits. That's obviously for the mathematicians above us, among <laughs> us, it's more than 100% inflation, which is crazy. But the central bank there has been warning citizens against the high risk of crypto. So saying, don't, don't get crypto, it's high risk. Whereas their inflation is over 100%. So I think we see the real high risk there. The high risk would be not to get any crypto. So Visa has unveiled an NFT creator program. So their head of crypto said NFTs are a new form of e-commerce. So NFTs have been doing pretty well recently. They've kind of exploded the last couple of years and it looks like they're going to carry on going, to be honest. Another one is a US senator called for CBDC to be introduced. Again, we mentioned that. It was last week or the week before. They're trying to say it would improve the banking system and stuff like that. But obviously, we know what CBDC is for and it's control. Ultimate control over everything. So, not a good thing if they're going to introduce that. But I am pretty sure it's going to happen. Another slightly negative one is Axie Infinity suffered a $625 million hack on its blockchain Ronin this week. Now, obviously, I said before about how blockchain can't be hacked, which it can't. But the way they did it is they exploited a loophole in a cross-chain bridge. So cross-chain bridges, obviously, that's what it says on the tin. It's where you can move coins from one chain to another. And it's not the first time it's happened uh, recently. I think it was th about 325 million was taken by a loophole on a bridge. And now this one. So obviously that's something that needs to be looked at in there. They're, it said they are looking to refund people. But um, it's... Not a good thing it's happened, but it, it is the bridge that was hacked, not the actual blockchain. So another NFT news is OpenSea are now listing Solana NFTs. That's a different chain. So most of the ones on OpenSea are Ethereum, but now they're listing Solana as well. So NFTs are, are continuing to grow. This week the in the EU, they voted in favour of some new regulations that basically would, if it, if it comes in, would allow a mass surveillance regime of people's finances essentially kind of goes against the values of blockchain and decentralization and crypto and everything it's for but it basically the regulation requires that complete information full information is made available for any transfer over a thousand euros which is both the sender and the receiver so no, nothing anonymous everything has to be details they're going to block exchanges from interacting with non-custodial wallets, which is any cold or hot wallet. So if you've got your cold storage ledger, even if you've got a hot wallet like a trust wallet, a MetaMask, they're basically saying that exchanges will not be allowed to interact with them because they need to have all the information. So that's a negative thing, but to be honest, I, I don't really see that. I don't really see that they're going to be able to do it. I think crypto's growing too quick. There's too much involved. If they try and do that, they're shooting themselves in the foot. It's it's a huge industry, and if they're going to cut it off, they're going to lose out so much on potential profits and money for the for the economy. And I, I just don't see it happening. It it's they voted in favour of it for now. It's not officially in yet, and I just I don't think it's going to really reach that far anyway. But we'll see. 
So uh, more positive ones now. Crypto.com is sponsoring the FIFA World Cup this year. So Crypto.com, they have the, the Kronos chain, their coin CRO, which is a, a good one. And they've already done some pretty intense marketing. And they have the Crypto.com Arena in LA. And now they're, they're the exclusive sponsor of the FIFA World Cup. So there's about 3 billion viewers the World Cup draws each time. So towards the end of this year, we'll be seeing you know, 3 billion people are going to be seeing Crypto.com all over the World Cup. So that's a good thing for, for crypto, bringing some new eyes to it. In the US, Goldman Sachs completed the first crypto trade by a major US bank. So, you know, the bank's trying to get on board. They see what's happening with it. So that's, again, more positive stuff. US investment bank, Cowin, is offering spot trading on 16 tokens. Again, so just uh, it's an investment bank as opposed to just a standard one, but, uh, you know, allowing spot trading on crypto with it, that's another good step forward. Um, energy companies are now starting to mine Bitcoin themselves instead of just supplying energy to miners because it's more profitable. Bitcoin is so profitable and good to hold that energy companies, instead of supplying all that energy to people to mine Bitcoin themselves, they've said, well, why don't we just mine it and keep the profit and that'll make us more than supplying someone else energy. So again, I would say that's a, a, a positive thing. The last news is just... Uh, don't know if it's even positive or negative. It's just kind of funny, kind of crazy. Just tells you how crazy the crypto world can be. So this week there was a, a token made that was inspired by Will Smith <laughs> slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars. Uh, it's called Will Smith Inu. And it went it went over 10,000% increase. Like, just from, like, they made it because of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. That's what can happen in crypto. Like that's, it's a crazy place. It's, it's a fun place to be around, but it's crazy. That pretty much sums up crypto news of the week. I'm just going to finish off with a little little MED. So my MED for this week is going to be a mindset. So I think it's very underrated how much a positive mindset can affect your life and completely change your life and how you are. The human brain is unbelievably powerful tool that really we don't use properly most of the time. And if you can use it properly and harness the power, you can do you can do amazing things that you didn't think you could do. A lot of people that have achieved brilliant stuff is they've just used their brain properly. So you can train it and you can unlearn bad habits, you can learn good ones. The first thing you've got to do is get rid of your negative mindset. I feel that in today's world it's kind of the factory sense for people. It's ingrained in us from society that people's first reactions to everything is negative. So instead of looking at someone who's doing well or done well and you know thinking, okay, what what have they done to get there? What can I learn from it? How can I do it? Instead people first is, you know, jealousy. Well they got they got lucky, you know, it's right place, right time. You know, they're not doing as well as they make out, they're fake. Why do they get so lucky? I'm better than them. All this rubbish. And just just negative the first thing they look at is sort of criticize and pull down others to make themselves feel better. But that's really the wrong way to go about it. Then there's a negative attitude we have towards ourselves as well. Constantly putting yourself down. 
telling yourself you're not going to achieve your goals, you know, an idea you have, that's not going to work, it's a waste of time, blah, blah, just, just negative, having negative views towards everything. And your brain takes in everything you say, takes in everything you think, and if you constantly are saying that you can't do something, then, you know what, you probably can't. Because your brain is taking that in, and it's, when you come to try it, you won't be able to do it, because your, your brain is convinced that you can't do it. An example of this maybe be when when you were a kid and you wanted to get a day off school and you're pretending to be sick. You know, you got to really try and convince your mum that you're ill and you keep acting like you're really ill and then after a bit of time you actually end up feeling ill. And that's an example of you repeatedly telling your brain something that's not true or real and then your your brain accepts it as real and and you end up feeling it. Like you're not ill you start feeling ill because you've been thinking you're ill for so long. The brain is smart, but it can also be tricked into sort of seeing and feeling things that aren't really there. But we can use this for positive. So we can start to train our brain to think positively. And over time, that's going to become our factory setting if you do it enough. And that's just going to affect all the areas of your life, the way you are as a person and make it so much better it's it's unavoidable if you keep thinking you know whether it's negative or positive you stay with that mindset and keep remind yourself to think it for a good few weeks straight it's just going to become natural you're not need to gonna you're not going to need to think about it so much it's just a natural thing now our mindset i don't believe is really affected by situations and scenarios in our life they can affect emotions but the overall outlook of your, your mindset is the overall outlook. And that remains unchanged if you've learned it and ingrained it in yourself. So it can go both ways. Let's say a negative person wins a load of money on the lottery. Okay, they're going to be happy they won that money. But they're not going to become a positive person from that. Instead of a negative person, they're now just a rich negative person. In the same way, let's say someone who's positive loses their job. They're going to be sad they lost their job. But... They can look at it as an opportunity to start something new and they keep their positive mindset. It doesn't things that happen don't affect your mindset, they just affect your emotions. Your mindset kind of overrules that and goes above it. The thing that does challenge your mindset, I think, is people, other people. So you need to choose who you surround yourself with and who you're around. Negative people absolutely suck the energy positivity out of you and pull you down even the most positive people will struggle to stay like that if they're if they spend a good amount of time around really negative people they're going to struggle to stay positive i got first-hand experience of that and being around someone who was so negative and and seeing the people around me as well seeing how much they change and were different when around this negative person it it, it really if you if you stop and you look at it and you notice it it it's huge you you don't realize how much it affects everyone so you don't want to let people steal your happiness your mindset people who aren't bringing anything positive to life who are being negative trying to cut things down you just need to cut them out just just cut them out it it sounds harsh but it's what you need to do to be positive to be happy to enjoy your life what you're not going to lose anything if someone's always negative cutting them out won't lose anything from your life you need to be positive remember as we say on the podcast a lot health is wealth 
So wealth is not just money that we talk about, it's time, it's freedom, it's physical and mental health. So you need to get rid of negative people and you see the difference. So the challenge for this week is each morning when you wake up, just think positively, positively about your day. Tell yourself you're gonna have a good day, you're gonna achieve whatever you wanna do in that day. And when during the day you're gonna come across situations that will challenge you, of course we always do, but you just try to stop, take a breath and just keep your positive mindset, come at it from a positive angle. Remember, you know, a bit of stress at work, falling out with someone, stuck in bad traffic. It's not really that important, is it? Like you, you're still breathing, you're alive, you have an opportunity to make something with your life. So just for the next week, really try, start your day definitely with positive and then through it, try and stay. And if you do it for a whole week, I can guarantee that you'll feel benefits from it. You're gonna change the way you feel. And don't stop there, keep it up. If you, if you can do it for the next three to four weeks, it's just gonna become natural for you. You're not even gonna to need to think about it and it's gonna enrich your life a lot. So that's basically it for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully uh, next week I won't be riding solo. It'll be back to the, the full amount of Ryans and uh, we'll hopefully have some more good information for you. So thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. Remember, everything we spoke about is linked below in the description. Be sure to have a look at the NFT website. Be sure to have a look at Unlimited Education. And give us a rating. Subscribe. This will help us to reach a wider audience. And any questions that you have that you want us to discuss in our next show, just comment them in. And we'll look forward to seeing you on our next show.